Welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. This is our part two this morning, and we have with us in the studio the great Donald Temple, who is one of the greatest lawyers in the United States. I really, I really mean that. Nah, nah, it's true, it's true, it's true, Donald. It's definitely true. Mike, right there. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, the the Donald is known for many, many cases. Uh, a lot of you know him as the lawyer in the Eddie Bauer case. He coined the term consumer racism. Uh, he is the person who uh, stopped the use of dogs biting people in Prince George's County. Uh, he's just done a, a myriad of, of tremendous work in law in the metropolitan area. His impact is widely felt. Uh, he started many great organizations, 100 Black Men, I think, it concerned Black Men. Yes, uh, he is a lecturer, a lawyer, a, a, a fantastic person. And um, recently, he uh, got the, what case is this? Tell me about, oh, the big, you came and told us about this case, I think. Yes, yes, yes. If you go on my website, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, and you look up uh, Donald Temple, you will see the many times that he's been on Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. And I think the last time you you were here, you were talking about the whistleblower case. Is this a whistleblower case? Yes, yes. And it really uh, is a huge, important case, uh, the verdict against the, the District of Columbia, because this person talked about uh, improper, illegal uh, uh, machinations that were going on, and he lost his job, got blackballed, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, so you can definitely listen to that. It settled for $3.5 million, okay? So it's serious. This is, he is a very serious lawyer. I asked him to come on because I heard him talking on another radio show on this station about... Uh, Donald Trump and the impeachment and what's going on there. And I think, you know, uh, since we are all citizens, we're all inhabitants of the United States, and one of the things about the U.S. that's important is to, in theory at least, we are governed by the rule of law. And that law is supposed to apply to everybody regardless of their station in life, their money, they're, um, you know, whatever. We are all, go uh, uh, you know, uh, supposed to follow the law. So I wanted to know, because I don't know, what is the law as far as that, that, that is applicable to what's going on in the news? Why is it important, Donald, for us to, to, to know about these things? And what is it that we need to know? I don't think we have enough time in a day to talk about the body of law that governs the various dilemmas that exist in the present presidency, but I think that we can talk about a few things, and, and central to that is this framework, as a, just as a backdrop, this notion of transparency and accountability in our political system. Uh, what What is that? What that does means, that mean? That means Explain that, that to us. That means that we don't do term. things in the dark. There's this sunshine context in which uh, conversations, discussions, meetings, and the like. Uh, it's the notion that when somebody runs for president, they disclose their 
finances, their tax returns. It's the notion that you don't have meetings with a Putin uh, and you don't have an interpreter there or you have uh, a Russian interpreter there or you have meetings with the Russian ambassador in the White House and you don't mm -hmm. have American press there. Uh, it's the emoluments clause. We want to talk about something that our community should certainly know about. It's the emoluments clause of the Constitution. That, that says that a president should not be profiting, so to speak, from his or her presidency. A president should not profit from exactly. their presidency. So, so a, a classic example is the, the Trump Hotel here in the okay. of Columbia. And uh, not only is it a, a stone's throw away from the White House, that's not the issue, but as a result of uh, Mr. Trump's presidency, and I'm dignifying him, uh -huh. <laughs> as a result of his presidency, the business that flows that we see Precisely with the hotel is one thing. It's a lot of other business potentially going on, or very likely going on, that we don't see that in years to the president, uh, to the Trump financial dynasty as a result of the president. And that's why we, we ask that presidents give up control over their finances. Because a lot of presidents have been wealthy, but... but you know, is is that partly why? Oh yes, that's exactly right. And in this particular situation, everybody knows that uh, Trump had a huge press conference and retained a huge law firm, and they uh, presented uh, the uh, persona that these uh, his finances were being managed, nevertheless, by his children, Which uh, is not but, but that it created some kind of Chinese wall that wasn't a Chinese wall that I don't think is a, a Chinese wall at all. I think that this very incestuous, the present relationship between his financial uh, activities, his business activities, and, and the government and, and what's going on. And, and does that, is that why it's important for Americans to be concerned about the relationship? Because we with his 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 son and his son-in-law with russians and and so on and 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 anybody any because all of that could be inuring to their benefit some sort of way is that i mean well, I think am i stretching here well, i mean i because I, I don't know this area of the law at all well, I'm, I'm not an expert in this area of law i follow it with a lot of interest because i am political and i think that's a simplistic assessment of what's going on for me i mean i'm fulfilling North Philly, and, and and I've traveled around, but I think there's two sides. We can look at it from the intellectual point of view. I try to simplify it. This is how I see it. I, I see, at first I saw Donald Trump as like a, a guy on the corner in New York with three-card Molly. Somebody's distracting you. He's constantly telling you, hey, here's the ace of spades. The card is constantly moving. Mm -hmm. And so then he used this, I think, in his political campaign to detract the larger constituency that liked him for what was really going on. I see this as a big con game. I mm -hmm. see it as a gangster move of the highest order. And if you really pay attention, when I talk about the rule of law, this is where it gets dangerous. The rule of law becomes important because in the United States, whatever your criticisms are in this country, more than 100 people, Republican appointees, were indicted under the Reagan administration. Wow. Wow. That's important. I mean, so people... So regardless, people, regardless of status, presidents look at Nixon. Uh, presidents are can, subject to everybody the rule of is law. subject to the rule of law. When the rule of law dissipates, when it when it's eroded, that means that people do things and there are no consequences. So, for example, when you look at Russia, 
as mm-hmm. we see Russia today. One of the, the dichotomies between Russia is that as a state, in terms of the, the, the criminal enterprise and the government, are substantially inter. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's not look. It's not look like. I I will say. I will say. This is that when you talk about the Russian mob and you talk about the Italian mob, uh, and you really look at what's going on, and we we don't take the time to really study the the landscape, but it's all being. It's all coming out, and we're seeing. We're living out a Robin. Grisham or uh, I mean a, a, a Ludlum novel here mm-hmm. in, in terms of what we see. So, for example, how much is Putin worth? Nobody knows. Uh, the people in articles that if you just Google Putin's net worth, Putin is worth net minimally they say seventy to a hundred billion dollars in what? Wow, that's a lot of money. And Putin is has relationships. I mean, with some the, the, the Russian mob. Uh, it, 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 think about an Al Capone without mm-hmm. the police. <laughs> wow, without the police. And, and, and so in, in Russia, yeah. and the level of brutality and force use, if you look at the assassinations uh, and, and the killings of people who get close to exposing the government or the mob, they're, they're significant and plentiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's scary. So, 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 so to get to the point, though, the point is that when we look at this Trump thing, so it means that the law is not being followed at all, and there are no consequences to what's happening. In part, but the other thing is that this Russian connection is both political and potentially criminal. So if you follow me, when I talk about the politics, when you talk about Russia, well, you know, Russia they influence the election with uh, with the uh, with Mrs. Clinton. Mm-hmm. This is real. This is not a figment of our imagination. This is one big problem. But then when you start pulling, looking beneath the stone, beneath the stone, beneath the stone, you start following the money. Mm-hmm. Then you start looking at this as being a little bit more than political. This is gangster. Wow. Okay, this is gangster. Trump's ascendancy and his motives uh, and the relationship between the Russians transcends, I think, a motive to, uh, to dominate American politics for politics purposes. This is about money, it's about deals, uh, and if you follow the history, which is some I've sent to you, it's about the laundering of money and the movement of money. Yeah, that was scary. When, and, yeah. and then ultimately, uh, what do what do mobsters want? Mobsters want to control who? The policemen, the mayor, the city council. Yeah. One of the fears that I think exists in the uh, media and in the intelligence community is that the Russian mobsters and political system have basically done a micro coup on the United States government. Yeah, that that's what it's starting to look like. And as we get, they've kind of taken over our government. And, and by by manipulating and controlling the president and, and his people. And I'll give you a simple example, right? So um, this whole thing, I'll give you two. Uh, this whole thing That's about scary. Flint uh, as one, and um, the second would be Sessions. So Flint the is top policeman and the top guys in the campaign situation. Flint is lying, and then Sessions is lying. 
Now, we don't know that. Sessions tells Gates before the United States Senate in his confirmation hearing, and he lies. Wow. How do we find out he lies? The intelligence interception mm. uncovers the conversations of the Russian ambassador reporting it back. Well, what do we think about it? You think that the Russian ambassador didn't know that his conversation would be intercepted? So if you found that he understood that it would destabilize this and create the very, it's a chess game. I do A, do, then somebody does B, somebody does C. Now Sessions, and who is the attorney general, mm -hmm. is in a dispute with the president, of, and he's lying, and his lie is unveiled, and so it creates this destabilization, et cetera, et cetera. The problem we have in the country, I mean, in our agenda as African people of African descent is, somewhat dichotomized because we naturally as Americans have an interest in the country and then the implications of this on our own community yeah because if they're not following the law if they feel like they're they're if the law is being undermined then we're all in serious trouble I have with me in the studio attorney Donald Temple and I asked him to come in to talk about what's important that we need to know as ordinary citizens about what's going on with the whole Trump, or Ru Trump and Russia uh, um, matter, um, why it's important, um, what's the law with reference to uh, the president and what's going on right now. Uh, he, he just finished telling us that there is a law that says that the government, or at least the president, is not supposed to benefit uh, financially from his position as a president. So you, you're not supposed to be making deals to help yourself while you're in the office of, of the president of the United States. You're supposed to be making deals to help the country and not be so interested in uh, making sure that your own pockets are being uh, improved by the decisions that you make. What else is, for example, uh, 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 Attorney Temple, what is the law with respect to impeachment? What is the law with respect to pardon? Now the word pardon is coming up. I mean, that's, that's really scary. It's almost like he's expecting people to be indicted and maybe even himself, and so now he's exploring whether he can pardon. I mean, what, what's the law when it comes to all of this? The question that uh, peculiarly, but probably not surprisingly, that Mr. Trump raised was whether he could pardon himself and his children. And he can. <laughs> I mean, the president can pardon The law allows him to do that. Okay. And the question is, it would be, what are the implications of that? I think they would be enormous. Keep in mind, this is this notion that the President of the United States may have committed he and or people in his campaign or his uh, presidential staff may have committed criminal offenses. And they may be intertwined with, as I pointed out earlier, political types of issues, i.e. relationships with Russians to uh, uh, inform or influence our election. And they may have to do with money. Always follow the money. Yeah, I've always been told that. Follow the money and, and, and you're fine. In this situation, uh, there are questions about what's going on with his Russian dealings. There are huge questions. And the readership
should take some time. For example, there's a great article in the New Republic, and it's on the uh, the Russian laundromat with Donald Trump. And it, it very in, it, with incredible details shows the money trails and the, 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 the Trump history with the Russians and how he said he had no dealings. He's Financial dealings. Not only that, the character and backgrounds of the people with whom he had dealings. It is very, very, very suspect, which gets to the point that you have a special uh, investigation going on. And this guy, Mueller, is looking at these things, and apparently, with the intelligence community's cooperation, mm -hmm. they know a lot, and a lot of this is leading to these financial dealings. So now you have a recalling by Trump saying, don't look at mm -hmm. my finances. Now we go through the rule of law again. Here you have a... a the a, law says that you can. And, and here you have someone looking at this who's legally uh, empowered to do so and probably obligated to do so. And Trump says no. And now we have another legal question. Can he fire him? Mm -hmm. And he can't fire him. And we've heard in the press recent discussions about him now firing Sessions or Sessions resigning or Mueller resigning or, or getting fired. He's not going to resign, but potentially getting fired. And so you have these situations where there's this other legal question of whether there's an obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. you know, and then if he legally fires him, the justification or rationalization. So you have a law war. Going mm -hmm. on Trump is hired because he can uh, uh, afford privately to hire the richest, or the, the, not the richest, the uh, largest uh, law firms to develop legal theories. And you have the government. The government is compromised because it's controlled. The legal arm of our government, which is the Justice Department, is controlled by Attorney General Sessions, who's in a compromising situation, even to the point that he's recused himself. And then you have Trump potentially and then publicly questioning the attorney general saying he shouldn't recuse himself that 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 and then you come over to the to the special investigation and the special prosecutor and he says look i will fire him so ultimately you begin to move the checks and balances away and there is no accountability this is a problem because you start eroding the instrument of government yeah. So we have to look back historically at those implications because it's happened before in other countries. And yeah. this, is, this is a very dangerous... Germany bothers me. The, 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 it bothers me that a leader can believe in our country that he is so far above the law that he can do anything that he wants to do with no consequences. And... and then I hear these mouthpieces coming out, you know, you know, saying it's okay, and trying to act as if the ordinary American understands what is going on and approves of it. Well, you're right, and that raises a, That's a why concern, particularly when you look at, I mean, one of the, the dilemmas that we have here is you have a political dynamic at play. You have the House and the Senate controlled by the Republican Party and the White House controlled by the Republican Party. So uh, we have a dilemma because at this particular point in time, theoretically, anything can happen with the same party in, in power. And in this situation, the Republican leadership has pretty much with very little resistance to Trump, sanctioned some of these 
Uh, yeah, really. The, the, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked and, and, and by so, the Republican Party. We need to understand why that is because the Republican leadership is basically, it's a, it's a political dynamic where they are exploiting the Trump presidency. They know some of these problems exist, but they're attempting to, they're compromising their political integrity, in my view, for issues like Obamacare, uh, on the abortion type questions, and mm-hmm. other issues of concern to their conservative agenda. And they're moving their but agenda But even the conservatives have been compromised to me. I mean, I, I used to really have, I mean, it's okay to disagree. Okay, I may not like what you say, or like how you think, or like how you talk, but it's okay to disagree. And the conservatives used to be about too much spending, you know, and all like that, the, the wanting more of the rule of law, and so on. But they have been co-opted, and they are being used, I think, because I, I don't want to believe that so many people in the United States are racist, are uh, misogynistic, are, are chauvinistic, are... I don't want to believe that, okay? I believe that they have been taken advantage of by the same gangster move, if you will, and now they find themselves in a position of, of having possibly been used to bring, you know, foreign policy uh, into our, our affairs in a way that they should be screaming their heads off I, I would and they are very I, i'm shocked because i, I, I really disagree with you just understand yeah. i think that's part true in terms of this whole russian thing i think then when we look at this because they were the issue, ones that were strongly against russia but you used to it, be you look at it that's true and they probably still are i think they still are shows, uh, and th- th- there's a, a weakness of character that comes into play. You know, some of them, you can, this is not a general type of indictment because people see it, and I think that in the coming months, the, the, the rubber will meet the road on the question of the rule of law because this process, this investigatory process is uncovering. First of all, let me, let me assure you that when you have the presidential uh, administration against both the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, that alone. You, you can't win the evidence battle because, as I pointed out earlier, they're already intercepting and they know much more oh, yeah. than they know. They know. The, the yeah. question, too, of the administration comes into, raises a lot of questions, including uh, the, the president's mental health. Yeah. You start with them, the, the people that surround them, the, 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 the Bannon-type people, and what that yeah. means. So there's this dynamic, but you said something that I don't agree with. This question uh, of having a comfort level with the the sense that this society, that there is not a question of racism or, uh, uh, or, or, or these other attitudes about national origin or, 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 or gender that is a problem. You see, because I think we do have a problem here. I think when you look at the transition, uh, not that Obama was necessarily, in my view, uh, totally uh, sensitive to the black empowerment agenda, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So when you look at this issue of white supremacy, quote unquote, and the reality of the backlash to Obama, and then the notion, fundamentally, still in this country, because people don't know each other, our people don't, in our country don't know each other, that black people are inferior, or black people are criminal, or black people uh, are, are not 
able to become, or, 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 let's say, let's say black people subject to this second-class citizenship status. There are still people who are very racist that believe, despite your progress, despite your achievement, despite your characters, despite your success, that you're inferior. Now, definitely there are people that believe that. I, I didn't mean to say that there were no people. And Steve Bannon being in the White House is an example of that, and that's frightening to me, okay? But what I'm saying is I didn't think that the majority of white people believe that. I think that we have grown as a country to the point where that was no longer the majority thinking, okay? And, and that's what I mean. And I, and I still believe that that's not the majority thinking, okay? I think they were co-opted into throwing their power behind and their money behind, okay? I think they were co-opted into throwing their power behind and their money behind Steve Bannon and those others who do believe this and who are acting very aggressively to appoint judges that believe those kinds of things and get into places where they can reestablish. It's kind of like the time after Reconstruction. You know, I said this earlier that we have to be careful because right after the Civil War, Black people did very well politically, okay? And then there was this backlash that threw us into the whole segregation area, which is another hundred years, before we finally halfway got back, you know, halfway got back on track. And that's what bothers me about this, that, that I thought that the country had come far enough where at least as a racial matter, the majority, yeah, there's some old white men who are not going to change, and they are still very powerful, and they are still pulling a whole lot of strings, and they are behind, you know, a lot of the politics that are going on right now. I, I don't, don't, I, in, I have no in, doubt about that. They're not just pulling the strings. They're in the United States House, Senate, yes. and the White House as we speak. And, 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 and what I see is kind of a generational battle where they're hanging on by their last, you know, their last grasp to, to try and reinstate what they consider the proper balance of power, if you will. Well, let, uh, me, let me say, I think that we have to look at that in a different kind of way, in this way. I think that, that okay. I share the hope that the, the country has grown, and I think that's I unquestionable. Think I think that that's true. I mean, and I, I think, though, the question is, is what do we do at this point to preserve these gains and to inform changes that have to be made in a very complex historical time? Because this administration has the government in a way that it, they're making decisions that have significant long-term implications, one of which you pointed out, and that is our judges throughout this country are critical because the law frames the distribution of opportunity, privileges, oh, yeah. and rights. And the right side of the political equation understands that. So you watch the Supreme Court, the federal judiciary, and even at the state levels uh, mm -hmm. where governors are appoint uh, judges or they're elected, we have to turn up oh, the yeah. political volume mm -hmm. and turn up the value side of our 
political and private lives. There's a values civil war going on in the United States. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in an era where technology and the speed of knowledge and artificial intelligence are moving very quickly, there's some things happening that we don't think about that we have to rethink. Well, we have to rethink and we have to do something about it. We really do. Is the president subject to criminal laws? And what is the status of, what's the law around impeachment? What are we talking about here? Because I, I, don't, I don't know that law at all. Uh, but let me just start with a basic one. Is the president and are his, uh, you know, people in his family or in his circle, uh, as well as the people that he's hired to do different things, are they all subject to our criminal laws? Yes. Okay. Yes. Will the all president right. be impeached? The Republican uh, Party is not mm -hmm. going to impeach a Republican president, except under extreme circumstances where the politics of an impeachment will not harm them. Keep in mind, it's a 2018 election. The House is uh, and the Senate are vulnerable. Now, the Senate, they're predominantly Republican seats, uh, I mean, Democratic seats up in the 2018 election for the Senate. But the House, uh, which is majority Republican, is also, uh, these elections are an issue. They're not going to do anything pre-2018 to hurt themselves, and likely anything that's going to hurt a 2020 presidential mm -hmm. uh, election. However, the water is getting so hot on the prosecutorial and investigatory side. Mm -hmm. and when you start talking about investigations of uh, Trump's daughter, his son, his son-in-law, and gets hot, and the, you start following the money, and the put in, and, and then Trump raises this issue of self-pardons and partisanship. Yeah, that's reason. strange to me. The likelihood, if anything, mm -hmm. what did Nixon do? He All resigned before. Okay, if it gets so hot and they present to Trump certain options that he can't get around, then it's a potential resignation. But the danger here, depending on how this thing plays out, if Trump says, before I resign, you take me out because I can't. I'm going to do some other things along the line of the rule of law so that you can't. And I'm beyond the rule of law. That means that we're going to look at some issues that we've not seen in American political history in terms of whether or not there's even the notion of these extreme, unfathomable notions that he could say, well, I'm going to defy the courts. I'm mm. going to defy the Congress. I'm not going to obey the rule of law. And then you have these issues. And you're seeing hints of this. Yeah, he has discussions with dictatorial, uh, autocratic ways. These are realities. I mean, and this happened yeah. in the past. And one thing for sure that I would say to our community, of all races, of all backgrounds, don't ever take the stability uh, of this country for granted. That Absolutely. can't happen in this country because anything uh, can happen. If it happened before, it can happen again. And I think that uh, Nazi Germany is an example that people refer to. But I think Nazi Germany is instructive because it happened. And so we can't be comfortable. And that was a, that was a, a that was thought to be a civilized country that operated under the rule of law, and some kind of way it just went down this path that is. It's a peculiar path, and I mean you have the president of the United States and the president of Russia talking offline, off record. Yeah, but that's the weird. That you have here 
It's just, and, and, and like I said, the money and the dynamics, and it's huge money. It's not hundreds of millions. It's not even hundreds of billions. They're trillions of dollars and that are implicated here in the oil industry and other industries that we have to watch. Our people have to read and study and think and keep an open mind, but to participate, on the other hand, in the process. Yeah, keep an open mind is, I think, important. Uh, I think the other thing that, that all politicians and all people, especially those who are looking out for jobs, need to be aware of is the implication, not just that he can't bring back the mining jobs in, in West Virginia, although he said he could. Uh, it's not even just that. It is also, for example, I, I read the Wall Street Journal. I, I get it delivered every day because I'm curious about so many things. One of the things that, that impressed me was there was a big article that the Chinese are now selling military drones to the rest of the world. We have lost that market, you see. When, when what was upsetting about the, the, the news uh, thing that, that uh, Trump set spent so much time with Putin at the G20 was that our allies looking at that realized that the United States was no longer a buffer against Russia, but maybe has thrown in their, their marbles, so to speak, with Russia or with Putin, which means that they now need to turn to other countries to China to other places for their protection. That's why I started to show off with as and, as and, as and that means job yeah, but, but what that means to the ordinary American is that they don't the jobs that we have had that would have produced the drones, that would have been created by the business that we we take for granted that everybody's coming to the United States for business and so that's how our economy works that we have the best and the brightest and the and we are so far ahead a lot of scientists are now going to other parts of the world you know a lot of a lot of um i saw i don't i can't pronounce his name but he was on charlie rose last night and he was talking about how so many doctors uh, i think from iran are uh, who've done so well in this country are doing very well in Iran too, well, and that they're going to the up. The world is going on without us. Well, well the question and that I that bothers to, me to, to us is, who is we? Before we start saying well, we and drones and all this and and these Iranian doctors, I think that we have to move away for a minute too and look at who we are because our community is part of a larger dynamic. Yeah, but we too we're Americans. To look at our own community because. Our job market, our opportunities, and the experience that we have while we are Americans is similar, but it's also fundamentally distinct. So we still have to introspect and introvest and, and kind of examine how we approach this. And this is a fundamental problem because with all this stuff going on, globalism, moving out of the industrial age into the technological innovation age, and then with the things that are happening politically, What's happening in our own community? And that's a we that we need to hone into because when it comes to jobs, when it comes to opportunities, we're in a crisis situation. And the problem there is when you talk about leadership, what is it that we do? What is the leadership thinking? When I talk about rethinking and new thinking, what is the 21st century 
empowerment agenda. We're still operating on 1960 and 80 and year 2000 well, paradigms. Yeah, that you're right about that. You're right about that. But what I'm what I'm hoping, Donald, is that the young people, the 30 and the 26 and the 40 year olds and all like that, that's where our leadership is coming from. That's where hopefully they are out there making their money, making their state coming from. That's where hopefully they are out there making their money, making their statements, using social media and so on like that. I hope they know that they cannot wait for the leaders that we had before. Because our, even our leaders have been significantly quiet, shall we say. I agree you with know, you. Nobody has said anything. It's like, I, it's like the Democrats have been missing in action for almost eight years, and uh, except for, you know, Nancy is good about holding the vote thing together. But other than that, we've heard nothing at all. Uh, we've been talking with Attorney Donald Temple, and uh, he told me that he's going to do a TED Talk at Howard University on September 14th. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah, congratulate. That's great. That really is. Uh, we're gonna, we've already posted uh, his uh, Charles Hamilton Houston uh, talk that you gave, what was it about, just a few weeks ago? Yeah, it was the Charles Hamilton Houston lecture uh, to our students from our summer law program. We run a summer law school prep institute. Uh, this is our 39th consecutive summer. Wow, awesome. Uh, for students on their way to law school. On their way to law school. Very good, very good. I just asked him if he would send us the audio. We put, we made a page about it on the website. Please go to lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com, and we have three years' worth of programs, over three years now, on, on that site with the audio. We're a little late with the audio because my web person with the audio has been out of town, but hopefully we'll get uh, the past couple of weeks up this week. Um, but for the past couple of years, we have been having these kinds of uh, specific, not just this, this is more political than normal, but, but, you know, legal conversations to empower people, because I really think that people need to know what the law is, and by doing so, you are empowered to protect yourself and to protect your family and to, and to know what you can do and what you can't do and what it's all about. So, um, Attorney Temple is going to send us the audio of that speech that he gave, and we're going to post that at lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com. Please go to the website, use the website, sign up to get our weekly MailChimps so that you'll know who we have coming on. I really work hard to get good, good, knowledgeable people on the program and to provide, you know, information about the law that's useful to you. Um, we are just about at the end of the program, uh, Attorney Temple. What would you like the audience to particularly take away about this whole situation? I know that, that you as I are, are we're, we're very concerned about the, the attack on the rule of law. Uh, I am particularly concerned with the playing out in the, in the, on the world stage of people who pretend as if, or they think that they're above the law, that they can do whatever they want to with impunity, um, that bothers me tremendously. Uh, even, even asking if you can pardon yourself means to me that there might be something that you need to be pardoned for 
and and that you're going to try and get away with it. And maybe that's where he has gotten to. But I don't want to think that the country has gotten there. Uh, what I, I I just don't believe that. And um, well, nothing is more sacred in our lives than our future. We work hard. Uh, we Mm-hmm. educate ourselves uh, for the future and that future isn't just about us it's about our children it's about our society it's about the world it's about our children's children and there's a connection everything that we do is connected to that future in this context uh, the politics of the country you can't cut it off or just turn off the TV and say it's going to go away it's not, not going not to going go away. away and so what's critical is that we uh, invest our lives and uh, in, uh, our capacity to try to make a difference, to realize that we're all, that, that there's something major at stake here. And on the political side of that equation, I think it's the notion that we uh, engage, that we challenge, that we, that we connect. There's a problem in our country, and, and it's a problem that we allow to uh, proliferate. This race question, you know, fundamentally, when you look at this issue, but you look at it under the class divide, those people in Caltunk, America, uh, who are suffering economically, are no different in their economic victimization and circumstance than people in Philly or New York or South Carolina. Not at all. There's a myth. And, and what bothers me is that this issue... Uh, will affect these elections and somehow or another at the leadership level we got to bring people together politically to really challenge like in any country the issues that affect people's lives yeah. so i think that's one of the big challenges we have we have to read we got to share information and we got to we got you look at this donald trump situation there's a lot of information out there and we are getting ready to have a major political explosion yeah. of enormous proportion. This uh, investigation, this Russian issue, uh, the Sessions issue, it is happening right in front of our eyes. And in the next six months to 12 months, we're going to see some things that we haven't seen. So we need to brace ourselves. On the private side, I still urge us to, you know, somebody looked in the sky one day and said, Dad, why can't I fly? Mm-hmm. And, they, and we have to think like, why can't black people uh, begin to rethink uh, our enormous capacity? We operate on the negative information. We look in the mirror, and so many of our people look in the mirror, and the glass, the mirror is broken. We see a shattered yes, image. Yes, we are so you strong. Know, we have and to we realize, just have to realize you know, it. In the same 1934 yeah. speech, Charlie Houston praised Marcus Garvey. And he said that one of the most significant things of that era was Garvey telling black people that they were beautiful and that they could love themselves. Yeah. If you love yourself, you don't harm yourself. Yeah. You, 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 you invest in yourself. So we have some things that we need to do on the private side and some strategies consistent with technology, innovation, globalism, and the notion that we have relationships. We talk about the Iran, etc. We always have to keep Africa centered yes. in our thinking. Yes, from a yes. cultural, social, intellectual, political, and economic point of view. People say, I don't want to talk about Africa, da, da, da. No. 
if the Chinese are talking about Africa. Oh, they're doing more they're than talking. Africa, they're there. They're doing and more we're than talking. Here and we're isolated. We need to inform ourselves on that historical struggle there, the relationship between colonialism and the slavery institution here. And we need to rethink, and the young people, if anything, need to go back to that history and figure out the I connection. I understand it, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. Definitely agree with you. But even more important than that, we really want to... Do we have a caller on the line? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think we also need to keep our feet on the ground right here and register everybody to vote. Go out, watch carefully who is doing what, and show up at the polls in huge numbers, okay, so that our voices are respected. Because if you're not at the table... You are just totally ignored, which is what's happening right now. We have to, we, we really have to show up. And if it's ever a time to show up, it's now. So I, I definitely think it's true. Yeah. thank you coming here and doing the show every well, Saturday and trying to keep our community informed. You are a treasure. Well, thank God you. Treasure. It's important. Thank you. You are, too. You are, too. You've been listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I hope that you have enjoyed the program. We'll try and get this posted on the website very quickly. And in the meantime, stay informed on what's going on. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. It's important. It really is. And have a good week.